What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the Bat Flip, where we discuss everything baseballs. I'm Landon Raby with me, Dylan Taylor, talking about the Vols, feeling super, going to the Super. Tennessee dominates the Clemson Regional, um, winning their three straight games against Charlotte, and then probably the game of the year, I would say. I'm going out on a limb there, but I think you, you could probably agree, game of the year. And then Charlotte again to kind of close it out. Um, you know, those two games – Against Charlotte wasn't too, you know, my blood pressure wasn't boiling then, but that that Clemson game was a lot. I think I'm still recovering physically from that one. So um, we did it. Flawless defense, looking like the best pitching staff in America. Um, timely hits, long balls. I mean, Tennessee did it all, and um, throwing out runners. I mean, they they did a little bit of everything this weekend. They were kind of that complete team that they've shown flashes of, but they finally put it all together and look like a team that could make some noise in Omaha. Um, I mean, they look like a team that probably should be in Omaha and has a as good of a chance as anybody to win it. Yeah, they look like a team that should probably be hosting in this re- next round for a chance to go to Omaha, but that's jury's still out, out on that as of right now, but I'm sure we'll get into that more. But, I mean, the blood pressure from the Clemson game, I think it's because we're not used to winning ones like that in any sport, just where you have that many opportunities to finally put it away and you don't, but the other team still doesn't. You don't, other team still doesn't. And, you know, nearly the course of two games later, you finally do. So, it's it was – I, the ending was well worth it, but yeah, not not used to pulling those out for sure. Yeah, hundred um, percent. My biggest takeaway was just this team kind of put it together. Um, you know, no errors. I mean, I, I don't. I'd have to go back and look at every single series, but I can't remember one off the top of my head where, where Tennessee didn't have a single error um, in a series like that. So I, I think that's good, and I think it shows that Tennessee is legit playing their best baseball. Um, I think it also kind of shows that Hoover doesn't matter at all. I mean, look at Vanderbilt. Look at Arkansas. Um, Tennessee didn't even score a run in Hoover, and and here we are. um, Set up nicely to to possibly host a Super Regional and um, going against a team that – I mean, it's cool that they throw their ace, but I think if you're throwing your – 123 pitches and then two days rest and thrown again, I think that tells you they don't have a lot of pitching. No, I mean, that throughout the course of the season, that's that's more than the allotment for one outing. I I don't understand that decision at all. I mean, you see ML, MLB teams, they it's become pretty common over the last couple of years for uh, bullpen games. It, I, I do understand the rationale behind not doing that because it, it is tough to – it's tough to try to sell that you're going to – it's all hands on deck, bullpen game when your season's on the line. I get it. But at the same time, like, it, it's – I don't know. It, it's tough. It's a tough differential between you're trying to sell the idea of just a lot of arms is better and maybe you can keep a team off balance, but – you know, it's a team like Tennessee, a team like LSU, these teams that – the kind of offensive teams where when you see a guy 
for two times and you start to wonder, can they get through a third time? It's tough to sell to somebody coming off 120 pitches that they can they can get through two times, let alone try to try to get through a third time. I, I don't know. It's a tough decision. It's a tough spot to be in. I, th- I think you may have to go with a bullpen game there because it's that's a lot to ask. That's a lot to ask of anyone. That's a lot to ask of a college kid too. Yeah. Yeah. But Tennessee's sitting in a good position where like they, they don't have to do that. Um, they got plenty of pitching. I mean, <clears throat> we used three pitchers in 14 innings. Insane. Um, Andrew Lindsay had 10 K's drew beam had 10 K's. You really only had to throw two guys yesterday. Um, you know, they threw AJ Russell in there at the end just to, I guess, get him some, some work, but, um, yeah, you, you just didn't have to use a lot. And I think there was plenty – I mean, A.J. Russell, I think if Tennessee would have been in a position where they might have been down, I think A.J. Russell probably would have started um, on today if, if that were to, to be the case. But, you know, Tennessee has plenty of pitching, and I, I think they're, you know, they're kind of built for the postseason with this staff. And the way that they pitched this weekend, I mean, Burns had eight Ks. I mentioned Andrew Lindsey, Drew Beam, 10 Ks apiece – I mean, those guys, like, it, it legit looked like the best pitching staff in America. Yeah, it's it didn't look close to me because I, the decision to convert Andrew Lindsay to starter is very well. I mean, I guess when we're kind of doing a season recap, we can look through and, and look at all these big moments, these big decisions. But as of right now, that's the one to me that's that's kind of – I don't want to say it's like single-handedly saved the season or anything like that because like we were just talking about, playing great defense is, is going to help them more than anything. But what a call because, I mean, this dude, first off, it's his former team. I don't care what he says if it's just another game. I, I know he, he, he kind of gave the quote that there was nothing else behind it. And, I mean, I don't know how many of the guys there are still – you know, that tight with him. I, I don't I don't know the whole dynamic there. That's not just any other team though. Like when you're That's when you're tough. coming when you're coming from your especially in a postseason game. Mm-hmm. Like if it's regular season, you want to try to say, hey, it was just next team on the schedule. Sure, I get it. Uh, I still don't completely buy it that there's nothing there, but to to do that in a postseason game, knowing that and I mean it he he's a competitor, so at the end of the day, like the the dynamic of knowing that you know you're you're going to have a hand and probably end in a few few of your buddies' careers, seasons, or or putting them on the brink of elimination that's tough. But I mean, going back to where I started, the the decision to convert him to starter, which couldn't have been an easy decision too, because because of how well Burns performed last year, like that's. I can't think of another one right off the top of my head. I can't think of another decision that's probably going to be more impactful if this team does make it to Omaha and possibly more, or just to this point in general. Because I, I don't, I don't know that you get to this point with, without making that call when you did. Yeah, I think just this weekend it was full of people that like Tennessee had guys with big baseballs this weekend. Andrew Lindsay, that that's one you you mentioned that one. Cal Stark's another one. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, he had one hit in the series, but he's he's in the lineup to catch. And he looked like 
he was the best catcher in the regional by far. I mean, I didn't get to watch a ton of other catchers. I watched a lot of baseball, but didn't really pay attention much to, to catchers. But, I mean, he probably should have been on the all-region team. I don't know. I don't know how you put anybody else ahead of him. Like, he didn't tear it up in any category, but I I don't know that anybody was as important to their team's success or or were more than than him that played catcher throughout. I I don't know who it would have been. Yeah. Your job is to keep runners off the the base pass, and that's exactly what he did. And that's something that Tennessee hasn't been able to do a lot of. Um, when they get runners on, it's hard to to get them thrown out. And, you know, he was able to do that three times this weekend, twice against Clemson. Um, and that ended up – I mean, looking back, that's probably a difference in the ballgame. Yeah, he he's – he's established it now. It, it is good to have a guy like Charlie that can come off the bench just because you can, you can still kind of tell that there are some certain pitchers that they like being caught by somebody, whether it's that – whether that's more of the pitcher's call – Bottom line, though, even if even if someone is a little bit preferential to Charlie, but it's you know bottom of the eighth in a super regional game, I still think you keep Cal in by this point. You know, it, it had kind of been back and forth all season. Towards the end, Cal kind of pulled away with it, but at this point, uh, unless you're up and and you want to bring Charlie in, like we we have seen that, and I, I don't think the move from Cal to Charlie, you know, late in the game is gonna blow a lead, anything like that. But I, I, I think Cal has – I, if he hasn't locked it in, he's done everything but that just because I, that that performance should have done it. But just the, the – while it's not a massive threat, the threat that he provides with the bat to against better opponents is – I mean, it, I, I think I think that's another spot you can go ahead and pencil in for as long as they're playing. Yeah. Well, and like Clemson, I, I think – was one of the top teams in the country in stolen bases. They had 84 going into the regional. Um, so that's that's a team that steals a lot of bases. And, um, you know, Tennessee made them pay for, you know, trying to stretch singles into doubles or trying to steal second base or trying to advance on throws and stuff like that. Tennessee made them pay by being so aggressive. And, um, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're Clemson, that's the way you play. Like, you got to play that way time at times. Um, but it can also get you beat, and, and looking back, maybe it did. Yeah, I didn't. With all the praise we're going to heap on what we did, I was I, I that was kind of a note that I had. I was kind of confused as to how apprehensive Clemson played. It, it shocked me a little bit. They they played they played like a team, which it's it's a bold statement to make, and I don't. I hope they didn't think that way. I, I always applaud when teams are confident in themselves. But in that game, there were really some moments where it looked like they knew, okay, even if we do lose this one, we'll get back and we'll get the next two, which is when you're using – what did it wind up being? I know it was at least – was it at least 11, 10 or 11 pitchers? I mean, that – if, if it's early if it's early in the game and you're thinking like that, okay, I get it. But by a certain point, you got to be like, hey, guys, like – 10 pitchers. Arms, yeah, our our arms are depleted. Like at a certain point, you got to go into do or die mode. I don't care how good you are, because it just comes down to okay, he can't throw, he can't throw. Who do we have left? Because not only do you have to win one, you got to win another one, and then you got to come back on a Monday and 
and do it in a winner-take-all. So I didn't understand the Clemson strategy in many cases, but let's let's give some more cal- credit to Cal Stark, too. He For what he didn't do, sometimes behind the plate, it's not about throwing them out. It's just giving the appearance that you could throw them out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just as – it sounds dumb. Some people may not get that, but at the same time, like – Looking like you've got a cannon keeps keeps a note in their back in the back of their head to hey like maybe maybe we can't run as much as we want to if it's me I'm still going to do it until someone throws me out and proves that they can do it consistently but I don't know Clemson kind of looked like they had other plans and I I think it not only just against us I think it kind of cost them in general. Well, and the the I mean Cal Star set the tone that was their Clemson's first base runner he threw out a second so yeah maybe you are a little bit you know i know their game plan was probably still but when your first guy gets thrown out like how big of a lead are you going to get or you know are you a little hesitant when the coach gives you the the steal sign after you watch the guy in front of you just get freaking hosed especially when you start playing the game of well he just hosed him and i'm not faster than him so exactly. that's yeah that, that, that factors into it it more right. than people realize mm-hmm but yeah, just phenomenal job by him. And I, well, talking about Clemson a little bit, I mean, not to get on a tangent, but you know they were very aggressive on, on the base pass. But then you get to the the ninth inning, and Grice has one more out, and they switch pitchers. Uh, <laughs> there are many. There are many things. I hate that for a lot of reasons. And it, it's again, I, I try to always weigh it in that game a little bit differently than, well, what does that situation look like in the regular season? Does he even, do they let him get to that point? Do they let him finish it out? Do they do the same thing? To me, I just, I always have an opposition to you've gotten all the way to the final stand and you yank him. At that point, if I don't trust the kid, I'm not letting him, I'm not letting him start the next inning. If I do trust him, then it's we're going down with you or we're winning with you. Like, to, to, cause that's just, I, again, it's something that maybe this is the show where it's, it's things that I kind of believe a little bit that may not necessarily be true. To be a reliever and come in and, and from the outside, you, you think, oh, he's just got to come in and get one out. To me, I think that's way tougher on a, let alone a college kid on his psyche just be everybody just thinks, Oh, it's come in and get one out. There's the factor of which outs always the hardest one to get Landon. The last one, they're they're not, no, no matter what team it is, they're not going down Mm -hmm. easy there. You're coming in cold. Well, you've got warm up time. That's your first game action. You're getting to the game and you've got the weight of your buddies just tossed a gym out there don't screw it up there's just to me that's it's something that i i would never do either i'm not letting the kids start the inning or we're losing with you and we're we're swallowing that pill i i just i fundamentally hate when managers do that so i was glad that my my theory was backed up there by the the god known as zane denton well and it's like he already hit a home run in the game it was – there was two guys on, so you could have walked him. 
and then got to Christian Scott, which I know Christian yeah. Scott has, has been great, but when you're looking at, like, you just don't want to give up a home run. I think I'm going to go with that's, – That's the one thing you can't do. Yeah. Um, hate it for him. I really do. But uh, it worked in Tennessee's favor. And I think that kind of goes into – I know Chase Burns told Tony Vitello to stay, but when you watch Grice pitch the way that he did, he gets in a little bit of trouble. They switch pitchers. Guy hits a three-on bomb. Game keeps going. Is that not in the back of your mind? Like, am I really going to take this kid? He's telling me to stay it, to stay in, which I guess every pitcher kind of does that. But at that point, it's like, dude, this is the best, one of the best closers in America, and we need an out. Probably at the, you need a strikeout. Basically, what you need with bases loaded, no outs, you need a strikeout. Who are you going to bring in in that situation? If anybody, like, say. Just a random pitcher is pitching. You have all those guys in the bullpen. Who are you bringing in? You're bringing in Chase Burns. So why go to somebody else when the guy that you would bring in anyway is already out there? Yeah. Let let him keep dealing. You know, let him get out of it. And he did. Um, now, credit for Tony Vitello listening to his players. Um, I think he did the same thing with Griffin Merritt by keeping him in the lineup because he had a phenomenal weekend as well. Um, but I, I think that was that was huge. You got the strikeout, you know, getting the double play. Again, still physically recovering from that review. I mean, that was that was insane. Um, but again, just big baseball moments. Chase Burn the Chase Burns getting that that first out, getting the double play. Ethan Payne, sack bunts. Yes. Um, getting the stretch on that double play. We mentioned Cal Stark. Hunter Inslee's 0 for 6. And what's he do in the 14th inning? Just freaking hoses one to freaking um, the gap to, to score a Huna. I mean, when you're 0 for 6, you're like, man, <laughs> I mean, it's not my day. Yeah. Um, but, I with, mean, they, with 4Ks, I think. Yeah. Just got to keep hacking. Um, and he did that. Zane didn't, obviously. Probably the, the moment of the season. I would say. I know Dylan Dryling had um, a, a really good moment, too. Um, it, it's got to be, yeah. Yeah. In that situation, yeah, it's got to be. And on top of that, you're going against a team that is the hottest team in the country. They're on a 17-game win streak. They just freaking cruise through the ACC ch- tournament. Um, you're on their field. Your road record sucks. And you you take the, the lead with Zane Denton. Huge moment. They come back and score a run of their own, and that's demoralizing. You think you kind of stole it from them, and then we got to keep going on their home turf. That, that's that's tough to come back from. But then you had Burns. You had that that big double play in the tenth, and then Halverson doesn't. He allows one base runner, I think. Um, so Tennessee far, just mowed them down. By far the filthiest I've seen. I think since he's been in a Tennessee uniform, unless – well, it has to be considering the stakes. I don't care how he was in any of his outings before then. Like, to do to do that – I mean, let's be honest. Like, has self, Seth Halverson really had many meaning, meaningful innings since he's been at Tennessee? Like, it seemed like he was he was hurt for, for the majority of it. And I, I don't – I don't think that you can say – anything i don't think he's ever been in a moment that big since he's been here and 
could argue that he had the nastiest stuff the entire weekend. I mean, that, yeah. that's that's not taken away from anybody else, but with all the pressure on him, when again, maybe I'm wrong, and there's some innings that he's he's gotten us through that I'm not thinking of, but in really one of the first moments where it's it's up to him to not screw it up, that's tough for anybody, but especially a guy that you know he's he's kind of been in and out as much as he has since he's been here. That's there there were a lot there were a lot of moments and a lot of performances that it it looked like we were watching pros instead of college seriously that mm-hmm. and I know I know the name of the show Landon I know the bat flip I know we'll, we'll get into Zane's Homer more too I'm sure but I I don't know that when the bright lights were on I don't know if anybody did a better job there are numerous candidates, but I don't know if anybody did a better job than Halverson did because that he let's just let's say what it, I'm dancing around saying it here. He put his nuts on the table and it was flawless. Yeah, he went all in, baby. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I mean, you're talking about filth. Drew Beam, filth. Yeah. I mean, everything was moving. Everything was working, locating the fastball. You know, he was throwing that cutter. He had a curveball slider. I mean, he was throwing it all. Um, and he looked good doing it. I, I don't, yeah. A lot of it's the purple glove, but <laughs> he looked pretty dang good mowing down um, Charlotte in, in a regional final. That was another thing I thought, too. I, I don't know if that. I don't know if that was the nastiest we had seen him this year, but he made it look the easiest, kind of. Like Halverson, I loved Halverson so much just because you'll see him like he'll he'll kind of he'll flex a little bit, he'll get a little pumped up, but most of the time, like he he just strikes somebody out and he just he either strut to the back of the mound and just wait for the ball again, or he he'd walk off the field and he's like, It's what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And that's big in that moment. Beam, a lot of the I mean, Beam's never been like a huge like like get just swing and miss. insanely well no i'm just talking about like his demeanor like he's not oh, like yeah. a, a huge just like he's not gonna scream at the other dugout like he's too nice of a kid to, to get into too much of that but just that they call it like the workman-like approach like he just he was he looked like he was supposed to be doing that but so shout out to both of them yeah he, he's the you know you get dolander he comes off the mound and he'll he'll yell and, and beat his chest and chase burns kind of the same thing but um, Drew Beams like he just like kissed it goodbye. <laughs> like that was his yeah. his signature there. But yeah, he's kind of even kill and um but man, he looked he looked incredible yesterday. Six innings, four hits, two earned runs, ten K's. I think it tied a career high. I mean, he was he was pretty filthy. Um and, and that's a team who hits a lot of home runs in that Charlotte team. I know Tennessee didn't make it look like they were, you know really deserving of, of being a three seed in a regional, but you know, that team won their conference and um, set a program record for home runs and Tennessee just destroyed them. Had the nation's second leading. Yeah. He was first until the weekend. So thank yeah. Tennessee a little bit for getting him to yeah. second. <laughs> I, I, I wish we would have still won, but I'd rather him hit like four bombs. We just we just kill him every time we played him, just to keep it away from a Florida guy leading yeah, the country. Yeah, that's true. But, that's true. Uh, you know, I'll take. Hey, I, I, I can't complain. Right. Um. Well, let's talk about Christian Moore a little bit. I mean, MVP, obviously. 
Um, he had eight RBIs, seven for ten on the weekend, four home runs. Um, he had two yesterday in the regional final. That one that he hit dead center off the batter's eye, 426 feet. I mean, he had some nice bat flips this weekend going with the show theme here. He – to give you any indication, I felt like any time – I think there was once, I don't remember on which which game it was, I stepped away from the TV for maybe 15 minutes and I just looked down at Twitter and I got the alert, uh, Christian Moore home run. I For the rest of the weekend – I felt scared to step away from the TV because I would see the same alert. And turns out if I would have, I would have gotten the same alert too, just because he, it's, it seemed like he was a threat that by far the best at bats that we've seen him take this year. He just, he looked like he knew he was better than every pitcher he went up against, no matter how the at bat turned out. And most of the time the out at bat turned out with, either driving in a run or absolutely disrespecting a baseball. So, I mean, he, we talk about Jared Dickey, the professional hitter a lot. Christian Moore looked like he he knew he was better than everybody on the field, which talent-wise in that regional, I mean, he was a, a pretty heralded kid coming in. He He's – I'd say most of his career so far, he's, he's lived up to it, and it looked like he just knew that he got off the bus as one of the best baseball players in Clemson, South Carolina, and he was like, this this is going to be easy for me. And it looked pretty easy for him. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we, we've kind of talked about this. Like, in these – in the postseason, your veterans have to step up. They have to be your best players. Um, and Christian Moore, he was everything – he was that and everything else this weekend. Um, you just have to have that veteran presence and – it seems like he's been the kind of the vocal leader all year long. And, you know, it's just good to see him kind of playing his best baseball because with this team kind of struggling facing lefties the way that they are, having a righty that, that is a veteran and um, is seeing the ball so well, and he's batting fifth. I mean, that's a that's big in your lineup to have, you know, him and Blake Burke are, are five and six right now. They're not even top four in your – in your lineup. Um, now maybe that changes in the, in the super regionals, but for this weekend, that's what it was. Those guys have, have struggled some, um, especially Burke. And I think it was, you know, it was, it was Griffin, Christian Moore, Blake Burke had a good day um, against Clemson and Zane didn't. Those are your four guys that did most of your damage this weekend. And um, again, not even the, the top three in your lineup. Which is scary because I, I don't think that any of those guys have been like the dude consistently throughout the year. Like you, you look at the numbers. I mean, Morris probably had the best year out of any of them. But I mean, he even even he had his up and ups and downs. I mean, you you did all of that arguably without without your best hitter like really going off like he's able to do. And Christian Moore hitting in the five spot, no less, but he's, I feel like he is the guy like, you know, Dickie's the lefty. I mean, I was going to say, he's your one from the left-handed batter's box that you expect to get hits and kind of get it started. But let's be honest. He, he normally Jared Dickey's in the batter's box. There's a good chance he's getting a hit no matter who's throwing it to him. But Christian Moore is kind of the guy on that right side. That's like, he's, if he can get us started, it seems like others tend to follow him. And that mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah. Yeah, great weekend overall. Um, 
definitely needed. And and you're sitting here in a position where you've been compared to that team last year all year long. And expectations were through the roof. You know, they thought this team was just going to reload. The pitchers were, were going to be the best in the country, blah, blah, blah. And here you are, same position. Yeah. And it's right in front of you. Now, you can be like, I hate to say this, well, Tennessee, but are you going to be where it's right in front of you and you kind of fall flat on your face? Football team in South Carolina, basketball team FAU. Um, go get it, man. Get to Omaha. Play with house money. I mean, the, I don't think a lot of people thought you'd be here, especially when you got paired up with Clemson. Um, but you're here now, and, you know, Southern Miss, I mean, let, let's go ahead and talk about that. Tennessee is a, a better baseball team than Southern Miss. RPI, you know, they would. everybody wants to keep preaching RPI, 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 heading into the postseason. Well, now it doesn't matter. Right, yeah. Of course. But Tennessee is, has a higher RPI than Southern Miss. Strength of schedule, not even freaking close. Um, Southern Miss has played four SEC teams this year. They're one and three. Their only win is against Auburn, who didn't make, make it out of their own regional. Uh, two of those losses were against Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Two teams that didn't even make Hoover. They're the worst teams in the SEC. Um, Hattiesburg is Hattiesburg. It's terrible place. Um, no one wants to go there. I mean, the accommodations just aren't there. I just every everything, and that's why it worries me. Everything points that Tennessee should host this regional, but the fact that it's up to a freaking committee, it it just it's up for debate. I've got. It's like, because you, you started off, you know, you're going with all the baseball metrics there. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm listening, I'm listening to all those. Here's the one thing for anybody in the committee, if they do actually have to attend any of these games, besides, you know, sitting in an office in Indianapolis in the NCAA headquarters, you know, where it's nice air conditioning, let, let's make them have to come to the games. But before they do, let's send them to Hattiesburg this time of year and let's send them to Knoxville. And I think the air in Hattiesburg, it's so humid, it probably reaches a gelatin-like substance down there. It just how sticky the air is and how thick it is. They'll vote for Knoxville if that. If just go sit outside in both cities right now, and just just tell me which one the weather's better at. I know weather doesn't factor into it, but at the same time, it is supposed to be like kind of the fan experience. I mean, I don't know how you can say they've got a better ballpark than up in Knoxville. I don't know how you can say it's a better just overall environment than up in Knoxville. I mean, you're talking about the SEC compared to Southern Miss. Like, yeah. It's it's supposed to be – which they've already shown that, like, hotels, things in the area don't matter this year because, I mean, they, they've set everybody up in Kentucky in dorm rooms <laughs> when they've, they've known – that was the Railbird Music Fest landed. I've, I tried to get tickets to that months ago. Everybody knew that festival was happening, and they still picked it. So they don't actually the, – the people making those decisions, it's nothing new. They don't actually know what they're making decisions on. It's pretty mm. obvious. So it won't surprise me one bit if they pick Southern Miss just because there's no logical reason as to why they should. So that's what they'll do. Yeah. But it, it – you're right. Every factor leans Tennessee's way. I don't know. I don't know what good reasoning. You, the you only good is. reason I can think of, and it, it shouldn't even matter, is Southern Miss's head coach is 
um, retiring this year, so maybe they want to give him a, a farewell in Hattiesburg. I don't know. I mean, you just want him to lose his last games at home. That doesn't sound right. great. Um, yeah. yeah, I just I just don't understand it. Um, and you look at the fact just in this regional, Tennessee played the hottest team in the country, seventeen game win streak, and beat them in fourteen innings, game of the year. I mean, you look at that. You look at that atmosphere. You look at. Just go on Twitter after that game and think, oh, yeah, Southern Miss, we should have them host. Um, I mean, Southern Miss lost to Sanford. They played co- close with Penn for two games. I mean, it just it just doesn't – like Tennessee was unfazed through the region. It just doesn't make any sense of why it's even a debate. I mean, they even said it on the broadcast the other day. They, they I, The words were uttered like, hey, you know, Tennessee, say what you will – about the way they handled themselves last year, the way they did things. But they said, quote, they were good for the sport of college baseball. It's must-see TV. Whether you liked it or you didn't like it, the numbers show, too. Like, go look at any numbers people tuned in. Like, for what reasons, it may be different. And this team, like, is a pretty completely different personality than that team. I, I don't – I mean, even with a lot of the same guys held over, like, you don't see a lot of that same stuff this year. So, I, I – it almost doesn't even pop up in my head to be like, you know, I wonder if some of that's still weighing against us and hurting us. I, I don't know how it would be. Mm-hmm. But it, you wonder if they just still have a bad taste in their mouth when the way Tennessee did things before. But – that that's dumb because it's a new team. First off, and this what do they always say in sports? It's a what have you done for me lately? You just beat the hottest team in college baseball. I think by default that may make you the hottest team in college baseball. Certainly the one everybody's talking about the most. Yeah, I mean i I didn't see any other series get talked about as much as or any other regional get talked about as much as ours did. Maybe I'm wrong there. I think if you go look at the numbers, it probably back us up in what we're saying here, though. If if you want to draw eyes, you put the game in Knoxville because people are coming, people are tuning in. I don't know how you justify putting it in Hattiesburg. I just yeah. – maybe it's a beautiful place. Never been there. Don't know how you justify it, though. I mean, I just don't like it from a – I know the NCAA just is head over heels for money, and I'm just thinking, guys, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know how many guys are buying beers and merchandise and – you know, how many tickets – I mean, yeah, they're about the same in regards to capacity, but Danny White and that ticket office will sell like 8,000 standing room only tickets. They just want people in there. Um, so, I, yeah, I just don't – I just don't understand of why it's even a debate. It shouldn't be. It's Tennessee. It's always been Tennessee. Yeah. And I, bottom line – I think this kind of proved, you know, we we had the worries of, you know, this is the first time you're really having to go on the road. You know, can can they prove it? Hey, I mean, they they just I, I don't think I don't think Clemson's one of the more hostile environments in college baseball. It was a good environment, but I mean, it's nothing. I don't think it's anything on LSU. I, basically, what I'm saying, I don't think anything crowd wise is anything we hadn't seen before in Clemson. So, I think that factor is kind of out of it. It's not like you're going across the country. It is Mississippi. I, I don't. At the end of the day, I don't think it will ha- play a huge difference overall. But it, it's just another thing where 
you have these standards, you have these protocols, you have these things you say you're looking for. It, it comes down to principle more now. Like, how do you not give it to Tennessee? Like, take 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 the game out of it for a second. Like, it's just one of those things. It's just a hill to die on where I'm like, okay, you say you care about all this. We're better in every metric, but you still choose to give it to the other ones. Maybe maybe it'll piss us off. I kind of hope. Yeah. I kind of hope maybe they do, and you know he can he can have his farewell ceremony at home and then, you know, make it home for a nice cooked meal from his wife that night. I, I don't know. But at the same time, like, I don't think it matters a huge difference. I, I really don't, but it's just one of those, it's the principle of it. Yeah. Like, uh, and there's nobody, uh, there's nobody like Tennessee that that's wanting to throw a, a retirement party for an opposing coach. Yeah. Um, we'll retire him. I just ask LSU. You know, yeah. they, they had a great time at their retirement party. Um, I'm sure Southern Miss will too. So, Cinnamon Knoxville, I mean, maybe let him choose. Where would you rather have your retirement party? Hattiesburg or Knoxville? He's probably picking Knoxville too. If he wants to go out on the town afterwards, I'm, I'm sure that's what he'd pick. Yeah, I, dude, let's, let's have your retirement. Let's go to the Bean after. Again, hey, I'm sure Hattiesburg's a beautiful place. Never been there. I don't know. But I, I don't hear too many folks saying, you know, let's let's go down to Hattiesburg. Let's let's go tear it up down there. I, let's let, let me go spend my money in Hattiesburg. What are you going to spend it on? I don't know. Yeah, and, and I'm the cheapest person known to man, so I'm willing to spend hundreds of dollars, and I want them to take my money. So this is one time I'm going to be like, take my money. Just let me have the opportunity to buy tickets, please. Yeah, I don't. I don't hear. I'd say, I'd say a lot of Southern Miss bros down there, they're probably traveling up to Starkville or up to Old Miss on the weekends to party. I, I don't know that they're oh, – yeah. I don't know that they're really drawing too many people in down there to, to spend their money in the – I was going to say in the greater economy, but let's be honest, it's it's going to liquor stores down there. So, I, oh, yeah. But, I, again, I – I, none of it makes any sense, but that's exactly why they'll put it in Southern Miss because it you know, none of it makes sense and they never make any yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee might burn Hattiesburg to the ground if that happens. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll find out tomorrow morning um, where Tennessee will play and, and what days. Um, it could be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It could be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, depending on, um, you know, they kind of have – they kind of set it like that where different regionals have different – um, schedules, I guess, more TV money that way. It's all about money, so put it in Knoxville. Let's go MVPs. I know this has been a longer show, so let, let's do MVPs real quick, and we'll get you out of here. You want it first for me? Go ahead. Um, I will go Halverson. That okay. Maybe, maybe an under-the-radar pick, but he – I'll be honest. When they, when they brought him in, I was nervous. I was like, ah, that's yeah. – just for the reasons I listed earlier, I didn't think he had ever really been in a moment where it's all on his shoulders in, in that type of environment since he's been in Knoxville. And it just – it looked easy to him. Like, Ethan Payne would have been another under-the-radar pick, just doing the little things right. That, you know, he, he didn't do anything that significant, but just he's another guy that not really any big moments – and he just came in, did the little things right, laid down two bunts. Beautiful stretch at first base over there when he when he had the stretch. Christian Moore obviously is the MVP in in the books, but Halverson, 
it just it looked easy to him. And it, yeah. it looked like he was looking at Clemson's lineup, like, why are you even stepping in the box right now? And <laughs> if he's if he's got that mentality too, it just makes us so much nastier. Like with that type of mentality, you're telling me he he can't come out and give you a quality start like Sewell had to last year when you know he, he hadn't really had to do that before. Halverson's got a little bit more experience in in starting, but if he can do something like that consistently and just make it look that freaking easy, like hats off to him. And I, I think you'll see us in Omaha if that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. Playing their best baseball. Um, I, I like what you said about Christian Moore. He's the obvious MVP. So I'm, I'm going to do somebody else other than Christian Moore. Christian Moore is definitely the MVP, but we're going to go somebody else as well. I got to go Zane Denton. The moment, yeah. the balls, <laughs> um, I mean, he had three hits in the his series, which doesn't sound like a lot, but all three of them were home runs, um, and had five RBIs in in the on the weekend. I mean, he just when Tennessee needed one, Zane Denton was there. The baby faced assassin from Ravenwood High School. Yep, about fifteen minutes that way, and yep. he just I that that's what I was going to say earlier too. This shows the bat flip. That that's one of my favorite ones, just because it, it was like a recurring theme of everybody this weekend. It just looked too easy to him. Like oh, he yeah. hit it, he gave that little shuffle where you know it's judge judge it real quick. When it's clear, it's going. I think it was four eighteen is what they eventually settled on, which it, that's a made up number. They're, they're just guessing on you yeah. know how far it's going after it hits something. It's just the slight toss just in the direction of Clemson's dugout just looked effortless. And it was from the right-hand side. He's a switch hitter. And his power side's left-handed. He hit it out of the stadium. Um, Just easily. Which I didn't realize. As soon as he hit it, I took off running. because, And I took my shirt off. I don't know. That's what I do. It's just reaction. Um, That's a preview of Landon in Hattiesburg. This, this next week. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be burnt to a crisp in Hattiesburg. I can't wait. Um, but, yeah, just I didn't even notice he hit it out of the stadium until I actually got yeah. back in front of the TV and they're like, Dude, he hit it out of the stadium. I was like, what? Because, like, off the bat, like, you hear the ping, and you're like, okay, that's hit hard. But then he knew it immediately. I knew it was gone off the bat. But, yeah, it looked like it was one of those low stingers that was, you know, maybe going to kill someone in the fourth row. Like, they don't have time to get their glove up. But it was anything but a low stinger. It just just kept rising the entire time. And, yeah, the next time you saw it bounce was – up on top of the grease, right. gray roof up there. And, yeah, it, he he did not miss it whatsoever. Yeah. And let's also talk about Clemson's third lack of warning track. They put a speed bump out there. So, not only do you crash into the wall, you fall into it. I mean, that's, that's what a warning track is trying to avoid, but you make it even worse by making them go head first into a wall because you have a bump out there that they trip over it. One more note. Are, are you on TikTok, Landon? Yeah, you know, I, I dabble. So, I I thought I was going to have to be put in a padded room after watching all these games at Clemson. Mm-hmm. There's one particular song that I, I don't I don't know the name of it. I would play it here, but it I, I'll send it to you afterwards. It there's one particular song noise, whatever it is on TikTok. I never quite picked up on the rhythm. 
like what would happen that would trigger for them to play that song. It was happening so much. I thought it was when the opposing pitcher would throw a ball, they would play that song. Mm. Dear God, it it was excruciating. I don't, I don't. I'm sure teams get a little annoyed having to hear Rocky Top a bunch, and we play it a lot. Clemson played whatever that TikTok noise is. I, I'm shocked I didn't see anything about it on Twitter because you like the Vandy Whistler. You hear him on TV, you get on Twitter, and you see a lot of buzz, people talking about him, like, what is that? Sometimes you'll hear the occasional fan that the mic's just pointed right at, that you're getting every every thought they have on the game, whether it's safe for TV or not. I, I don't know how this song is allowed to be played that much, and I don't know what association it has. Maybe it's because Dabo completely embarrassed himself on TikTok one time, mm. and they're, they're just leaning heavily into the TikTok thing that – weird program but i it i'll i'll find the song i'll send it in the group after this and just i'm shocked nobody else was saying anything about it because as soon as you hear the noise it should trigger dark memories for you because every time there was a break in action this weekend i I heard that song played and um i i I could go the rest of my life without every i've I've already started to block it out of my head that's why it was so i guess i didn't notice i guess the lady in the first row with the balloons i guess she distracted me so much because yeah man all right well yeah clemson sucks that's for that field sucks um that's all i got anything else the only other thing i was gonna say is we did give christian Moore a lot of credit for his bat earlier Let's give some slight credit to him and Maui in the middle infield too, because there were a yep. lot of there were a lot of opportunities that they made plays that they haven't made, and some of them were routine where it just it looked easy. Again, the recurring theme it looked easy, and some of those are really difficult plays that they they made look easy. Yep. And that there have been plenty of times this year. I mean, naturally, they're going to get a lot of opportunities up the middle, so they they will have more errors. That's just the nature of baseball. But they they handled themselves on the defensive end perfectly. I yep. mean, liter- literally perfectly. And there was a lot of opportunities where if you don't make the play, it would have been a tough play, and everybody would be like, I understand that. And not only did they not mess it up, they, they – did it beautifully. They executed perfectly. I can't say enough about those two as well because they, they've yep. gotten a fair amount of scrutiny the, yeah. the entire year. Yeah, phenomenal job by those guys. Again, just everybody playing their best baseball right now. That's what you want to see um, at this time of year. So, yeah, that's it. Um, we'll be back next week talking about our, our you know trips to Omaha and things like that. So, can't wait for that. Um, y'all have a good week. We'll be back next Monday. We'll be back on Thursday with more important issues, so don't miss that as well. And uh, thank you all for listening.